Welcome to We Drink and We Know Things, a weekly podcast doused in alcohol and lit with knowledge. Clinkies! Hello. Hello. What's up? Hello. Hello. Welcome to We Drink and We Know Things, the podcast. Episode motherfucking 21. 21. Man. We hit. A, a milestone, yeah, a milestone and mark, yeah. we're past it now. I don't, I'm sorry. <laughs> we're recording early, so I've got a lot more energy than usual. So we're recording a we... little earlier in the day. However, you can drink all day if you're motivated. Well, it's still like, it's still late enough to have a beverage. Sure. Well, because we are. Do you want to know why? Well, actually, before we get into it. If you've never been here before, welcome. Hey, what's up? If you randomly chose to listen to episode 21. Appreciate you. I assume it was not because of our catchy titles. Because they're cryptic as fuck. It probably actually makes it challenging. It probably does. Yeah. Yeah. We'll change it one day. Sorry about that. Not really. We probably won't. And apparently now iTunes is making you take off all uh, numbers on your titles, which I do not understand. Because what if you want to listen to episode... 52 you have to go count i think we're gonna have to just like move the dude into the title of the actual episode like put the number in there like right it's like out. an option like where to put the yeah. like write it out oh yeah. yeah 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 well anyway if you're new as i said welcome if you're not welcome back what up what up what up we talk about a bunch of weird stuff yeah. and weird shit and cool shit Kooky. and we Spooky. i don't know what tom's gonna talk about he doesn't know what i'm gonna talk about and we drink <sighs> yes booze obviously and we are drinking the same, the same shit the we same always shit. drink. That was a little different segue into that, but we are drinking some goddamn box wine tonight. That's because I have to, I have to Tell go into it. my freaking month yeah. of March. Yeah. If you guys don't really like when we kind of banter in the beginning, just uh, then you've probably already skipped forward. Skip so. it a little bit. But would you like to tell them what I did on March fourth? What? What did you do on March 4th? Start jury duty? Well, yeah. That was so anticlimactic. <laughs> I, think we've already, I think we've already talked about it. No. Oh, no? No. You started the most challenging and rigorous event of your adult life. You have to get up before the sun comes up. All right, never mind. You have to cut, drive cut, downtown, eat off. breakfast. You're cut off. Never mind. I mean, I'm still going to talk about it, but I don't need you to be dramatic about it. <sighs> Well, no. So I go downtown for jury duty. Yeah. Because I'm summoned because I'm a fucking voting citizen over 18 living in Jefferson County. And I'm thinking it's regular jury duty. Sure. So I go in and I'm like, all right, let's get this shit done. My sister's done it. So she was like explaining how it all works. And I'm like, I took my computer so I could do, you know, stuff on my website, work on stuff. And I took my book which was i'll be gone in the dark you took a lot of stuff yeah yeah i get in there and they're like shuffling all these people over to one side and then they shuffle all the rest of us to a different section and they're like okay hi welcome um you guys are going to be part of the selection for the grand jury duty for the month of march woof the month of March. You got hit. You got smacked right in the face with some civic duty. No, it was grand jury duty. So yeah. for anybody listening who doesn't know what that it's is. It's duty, bro. Which I did not know what it was. Same. I never thought about it. I thought it would probably operate the same way. 
It does not. Yeah, that's what would have been my thought. So there was probably like 35, 40 of us. And basically they choose 12 of us out of our application things that you'd fill in, send in, whatever. So you don't get fucking sent to prison for not going. And then they pick eight backups in case somebody's sick. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, all right, it's fine. Like, sure. I, maybe I won't get picked. Right. And if I do, maybe it'll be, you know, a backup. Yeah. Because at this point, I don't feel like I have an excuse to try to get out of it. And guess whose motherfucking name was picked first? I, th- I bet it was yours. It was me. <laughs> I was picked first out of the 12. The first name. I was so annoyed. I was also low-key a little bit excited, obviously, because I cover a lot of true crime on this. Yeah. But initially, I was like, this is going to fucking suck because I have to be downtown. It's about a 30-minute drive from where we live at 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And it's not just one case. So if you don't know anything about grand jury, you go grand jury duty. The 12 of us go sit in a room and we're presented with multiple, multiple cases a day like... I've been doing it for almost two weeks now. Yeah. And it's... So maybe I did talk about it on the last... You did. You totally did. But I don't think I was, like, in it yet. Yeah. Was it? No, I wasn't. No, I wasn't because we recorded, like, in advanced. Remember? I don't know. It doesn't matter. If I did, I'm sorry I'm bitching about it again. It's because it's been two weeks and it's been a lot <laughs> of two weeks. But, um, yeah, we decide... We get presented with these cases and we decide whether or not there's enough evidence to move it to trial. You send, you're sending so many people to jail right now. It's so No, we're sending them to trial. We're not They're sending them to jail. They're going to jail. We don't right? vote innocent or guilty. But it's it's actually, I'm not going to lie, it's a bitch and it's it's tiring and it can be heavy. Sure. Because we're with grand jury duty. It's like district court. So it's stuff that's not misdemeanors. It's yeah. felonies. It's the big stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, potential murder, rape. Drugs, trafficking, all that kind of shit. Um, Some real breaking bad shit. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it it's, yeah, it's been a thing. So I've been up since, well, I overslept this morning. I had been getting Just up Just a little bit, though. Today, you, yeah. I, yeah. Today yeah. I overslept a little, but I still made it in time. Yeah. And it's just, it's wild. It's cool as somebody who is into true crime and with a lot of the stuff we talk about with this podcast, yeah. I'm learning a lot. So once I'm done with it, maybe I'll, you know, be a, you're gonna be a lawyer. Give when you it's guys over. some you're knowledge. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be ready to take the bar exam, I think. But yeah, if you get if you get um that little that nice little letter in the mail, which mind you starts out with congratulations, <laughs> like it's a fucking you want a prize, um and it says grand jury duty, prepare to be there for the entire month that you are summoned. Yeah. I did not know that. Woo, y'all. It's yeah. nuts, though. That's a lot, babe. I don't think... Wait, do we have anything else to talk about? Live show. Come see us. April 6th. Khalil's? Khalil's, yeah. In Shiloh. And now, Waverly has opened up yeah. a 10 o'clock tour. Come kick it. So there'll be a second Waverly tour. Yeah. Come kick it with us. It's going to be dope. So we're going to try to do that second tour. Yeah. It's going to be yes. fun. Yeah. So... Last episode, we did our joint thing. We smoked a bunch of joints. Together. Ow. Talked about Slenderman. 
uh, together. Yes. So since it was together, we are going off of episode 19 as to who sure. goes first this episode because sure. I went first episode 19 and mm-hmm. then 20 was a joint effort. So I believe it was a you. Bit, when we say joint, effort, I mean, come on. You, okay. No. All right. Ready? Let me get a sip of my vino. Come on with it. All right. Uh, so I'm going to be talking, uh, we're going to get a little extraterrestrial with it today. Oh, great. We're, we're going to talk about a very interesting exchange between alien and human. We're going to talk, of course, about Elizabeth Clarer from Natal, Mui River, or Mu River, Natal, South Africa. Okay. Okay. Am I supposed to know who that is? Only if you're like a huge. Because clearly I'm flying so saucer uh, enthusiast. Okay. So I'm also really side note. I'm really proud of Tom right now. He has upgraded from using his phone to having physical papers like me in his hand. Don't get used to it. It just worked out this time. Whatever. Whoa! And it's a lot too. You get you always give me fucking shit. girthy document I got here get for you. It. Let's go. So, so aliens. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna get into it. Uh, Elizabeth Clare was born in 1910 in Mui River, Natal, where she grew up on a farm, and she came to understand the local Zulus very well. They're a huge uh, culture of people in Africa. She, she came to understand the language. She came to understand their culture. Uh, she was also trained as a meteorologist at Cambridge oh. in England. Uh, she later went to Trinity College in London to study music, where she obtained a degree. Wait, so she went from South Africa? To England. To England? She, she's travel, she travels all over the world through the story. But did, where was she born? She was born in Natal, which is in South Africa. So did, did she speak South African? I assume she spoke Afrikaans. Or uh, Afrikaans, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, I actually know. Did know, do know it's Afrikaans because my best friend is married to a, a fam- She um, is super... South African. What's crazy about this, just before we get into any of it, is she was super accomplished. Okay. And no, I was just trying to, like, figure out if she, like, just went to England and she speaking Afrikaans or if she knew Afrikaans she, and English. I assume she knew yeah, English, then, yeah. I didn't yeah. dive that deep into it, yeah, but... Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I just, that's a big, that's already a big. Yeah, I assume to, to for her to have studied at two universities in England, she probably spoke pretty, pretty, prop, pretty yeah, good Yeah, she probably spoke uh, English. So she got a degree. She was also, so she married a few times, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't record, I didn't get enough about this, but she, she learned to fly from her first husband who was a captain in the Royal Air Force. Wow. Uh, so she was a pilot. Wow. And like learned... a certified? Like, yeah. Wow. During World War II, she was employed by the South African Air Force Intelligence and during operations did work with the Royal Air Force decoding German communications. Damn. So she's accomplished. You know what I'm saying? She was, she was, she was decoding super. Decoding German? Communications. Yeah. So she, she had a, she, she was smart as fuck, you know? Wow. Uh, she was also trained to observe UFOs for the South African Air Force UFO Division. Oh. Okay. These are just some, I'm just going to give you a few little more facts and we're going to kind of just dive into this what's going on. This is going to totally derail. She has a son, David. A daughter. Well, she had. She's dead. She's died. Great. She's dead. No. Well, she was born. Spoiler. She was born over 100 years ago. She's, she's not with us. She's not with us anymore. She'd be 119. Yeah, she would. Just quick math, babe. All right. Easiest math. Quick is. math with it, eh? All right. So she got her son David, uh, a daughter Marilyn, uh, who is. Uh, Wait, he got her a daughter. No, she has a 
she has a son, David, a oh, daughter, Marilyn. It sounded like you said she got her son, David, a daughter. <laughs> and she also has another son named Ailing, who is an astrophysicist living on another planet. I'm sorry, what? I said living on another planet. And his name is what? Uh, Ailing. It's one of her sons. He lives on another planet. Like alien? A-Y-L-I-N-G, Ailing. Eiling, Eiling. The phonetics of the Venusians are a little curious, which we're going to get into. Oof. Okay. The story of Elizabeth begins when she's about seven years old and she sees a flying saucer near her home in Mu River, Natal. Mm-hmm. She sees the spaceship a few different times throughout her life and comes to know the being that's piloting this spaceship as Akan. Sure. Or Aiken or... More popularly, Akon. I'm just kidding. That is how it's spelled, is Akon. But it's like Akon or Akon, uh, who was a crew member and scientist of the spacecraft that she saw when she was a young lady. Okay. Uh, In April 1956, on Flying Saucer Hill, which is what this place became known as. Wow. uh, In Natal, the crew revealed themselves to elizabeth so she's seen them many times throughout her life because keep in mind she's she's like she's she's a little bit older at this point you know she was born in 1910 mm-hmm. so she's in 1956 46. in 1950 god what the quick <laughs> god damn the jesus she got the fucking pocket calculator son uh the crew revealed themselves and elizabeth claire was taken aboard and into space into their mother ship oh god okay in November 1957, on the high plateau of the Kathkin Peak in Drakensberg, which I also is in South Africa, Elizabeth <laughs> uh, entered the spacecraft and finally met her lover. Wait, Akon. this is a different day or the same day? So the, same the first day? time she the 56. crew the first time that the crew reveals themselves to her is in 1956. The first time she gets. On, oh, I thought you said she went on board in 56, too. Yeah, so she meets she meets a She con- goes on board and meets them yeah. in 56? Yeah, and so we're going to get into it. We're going to get but into it. But then 57, it. she actually what goes up in, in it? I don't know. She goes the up in the spaceship. Um, so they immediately have this connection, blah, blah, blah. And then at a certain point, they they come together. So she comes, she comes out with this shit, like, right away. Like, she's telling people, like, right away. Okay, wait. Hold up. She's she's saying that she's encountered aliens. We're gonna get into their relationship. Yeah, but when you say they've come together, do you mean like they've I can't speak to who, I can't their... speak to who climaxed first, but if you know what I'm saying, they smashed, bruh. Is that what you're saying? She smashed this alien and talked right. and talked about it. Alright. And Great. keep in mind she was smart she was she was super educated, yeah, super yeah. respected. She's not one to knock because until she's one to smash and shout it. Will was Smash this, and shout. I mean, <laughs> the way she describes these motherfucking aliens, pro- most that. folks would smash. I'm trademarking that. I don't know that that's how that works. Smash and shout. Smash and shout. Smash and claimed it. So she, 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 was, she was criticized over time. Weird. Um, she claimed to have had a son with this guy on his home planet. She claimed to have lived on this planet. She claims... Not one of the planets that we know. A different planet. I'm going to get into all of that because a lot of everything that I found, a lot of people have kind of just reworded this interview for the sake of their own narrative on the, on the information I found. A lot of it, a lot of the story about this comes from this interview. 
Do you need me to help with the interview? Or Oh I my god, to. do you want to? You can be Stuart Bush. Or do you want me to read her answers? Like you're the interviewer. Yeah, but I'll you don't read... know what's coming and you're I You're right, do. I don't. And but she, I can ask the she... questions. But or or you can just read the whole thing. Oh, well, let's start with that and then we can Okay. Yeah. Uh so Stuart Bush, his 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 opening question is Stuart Bush. Stuart Stewie Bush. My guy Stuart Bush. Stewie in that bush. He's stewed in the bush. Sorry, Stewie. And I know we'll have to double check to see where the source of this comes from, who Stuart Bush was and why. Because every every single website that I went to and every single place, and keep in mind a lot of these like super deep, weird conspiracy websites, uh, this is the ex- like this article that I found is like just the same one over and over and over again. So this so interview? Yeah. Not this particular article, but this the, interview. This interview, yeah. Yeah. So Stuart Bush, his first question is could you describe the flying saucer you flew in? Because this is her having made these claims that I lived on an alien planet. I fathered or I mothered this baby mm-hmm. of an alien who was a con and I loved him and this and that. She wrote a book about it. I think this actually comes from when she was doing like her publicity tour for the book. Remember when you covered um, Betty and Barney, Barney Hill? Hill? Yeah. What, when, what year was that? It was, in the 60, it was in the 60s. Because I'm wondering, like... This is right around UFO in, hype. I just wonder if Everyone they were first. Everyone was fucking wigging about UFO stuff. I just wonder if they came first yeah. or... Because or, obviously she wasn't in the United States, like Benny I didn't see Barney. Any, so I just wonder who came first. I think I that the, I think that, well, based on her claims, she was seeing... She was having pretty consistent right. communication from the 50s to the 70s with him. 61 is yeah. Benny and Barney. Sorry, I just looked it up just to double check. Okay, so... And her claims are way before that. Her claims start... Because she was born in 1910, yeah, so yeah. way before that. So this is before she died, but she had written a book called Beyond the Light Barrier uh, and has written a second book called... Had written a second book called The Gravity Files. Uh, publication of Beyond the Light happened, but Gravity Falls uh, at the point to where I found it. <laughs> <laughs> Files, which could be like a lightweight. You know what I mean? Uh, so for, only for anybody who didn't it. catch that, Gravity Falls, he, a he great cartoon. Said Gravity Falls, which we great referenced cartoon. in the last episode. Great cartoon. We referenced it in Superman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is an interview in regards to her book, Beyond the Light Barrier, with Stuart Bush. So his first question was, could you describe the flying saucer that you flew in? Her response. And she refers to the spaceship as she. Oh, good God. All right. Okay. She was perfectly circular, about 60 feet in diameter, with a very large hull and a flattish dome in the center with portholes around the dome. So typical motherfucking wow. spaceship, so, right? So, like, the thing that everybody... Yeah. All right. Well, because th- she gets into it. There were sets of three portholes in circulating the entire dome, and she ha- and she had a silvery sheen about her. This wasn't a reflection from the sunlight. It was her own glow. It came directly from the skin of the ship, and when the power was switched on, the whole ship glowed and would set up this field differential around her, which, of course, uh, she moves within. So there's super technology going on there. Like when it turns on, there's a whole energy force field that comes around it and it moves. Yeah, you mean like every depiction of an alien ship ever? But keep in mind, this is before a lot of that would have. This could have given well, birth want, to a lot of those. There was theories. already wasn't War of the Worlds. Yeah, but they didn't. They they were big tall. War mm-hmm. of the Worlds, big tall, massive robots that were abducting people and harvesting the planet. Nah, man. Dip. Now you're out of your element there. I love you. I want to. Who wrote it? I so badly want it. Who wrote it? H. H. 
H.G. Wells, you did good. H. Wells, you did good. I almost said H.H. Holmes. That's not right. <laughs> 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 um, she moves. W- okay, so inside she is very, very beautiful. Simple, but completely beautiful. And the colors are so lovely. The entire floor is covered with a rose red type of carpeting. Very soft and very springy to walk on. The walls change color when the power system is on. They change from blue to green. And then my guy, so Stu, you you called me out for saying my guy a lot and my dude. So yeah, my friend Stu. If you want me to ask a question, just let me know. You want to just read the SBs and I'll read the EKs? Okay, so I'm going to ask the questions mm-hmm, from just Stuart. so that he doesn't have to differentiate. You would read this part here. Okay, so just moving further, um, I'm going to read the questions just so he doesn't have to say which or which. So I'm yeah. the interviewer. Yeah. He's the answers. Yeah. Is there a functional reason for this? Yes. In harmonic interaction, you are not going to have the color in the electromagnetic wavelength of the universe, which, of course, is the whole basis of her power system. But the colors come in as well from the di- and the different movements, particularly when she is speeding through the atmosphere. These starships vary in size. The mother ships are very large and do not land. The ships can travel instantaneously from one place to another. So shit's obviously very wordy and very like mm-hmm. electromagnetic, instantaneous combustion. Yeah. But her her belief in this is so profound. Like obviously, she's, the culture of her 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 guy Akan, they didn't have books, they didn't have education systems. She's saying they that didn't about have the culture who? about the aliens. Yeah, they had well, a culture, but they had a, let's yeah, keep going. yeah. Uh, it's, it, it's pretty compelling. It's pretty interesting. What was the number of the crew in the ship you traveled in, and what were their duties? Two, and both were scientists. Two in, people? Two, in, this, in two the people? ship that they were in. Yeah, because there's also a mothership. They're just emissaries oh, from a mothership. Okay. Oh, so God. in one thing that I read, it was Akan's brother, who was a botanist. It was Akan and Akan's brother. So when the crew revealed themselves to her, it was Akan and Akan's brother. Okay. So, so it seemed like a lot larger thing. The two scientists. That yes, two, and they were both scientists. Both were astrophysicists, but one was also a very great botanist, which was a needed ability in understanding the flora and fauna of planets for their protection and in the preparation of planets for human habitation. This is a continuous activity. Wow. So they're saying we have to. they had to know what's going on on Earth to see if anything's going to fuck them up, and as well as they're doing research for more habitable planets. So they always have like right. a botanist on hand. Wow. Okay. Tell us something about the outside construction of the ship. This is fucking bonkers. The ship is created in space from pure light energy into substance. What? And it takes naturally the celestial form. What? They then bring her to the surface of the planet and construct the interior. But the whole skin of the ship is created in space in order for this atomic structure of the skin of the ship is conducive to energizing. That's how you get the power and the different colors. So she's saying essentially that this ship is distilled from raw energy. And it's like a prism. It's like something that's organic almost. This is weird. It's pretty weird. And it's, we're just getting, we're just we're scratching. Oh, great. We got about nine pages to go. So. So next question. Is the material metal? No, it's not like a metal at all. It is more like a porcelain. It is made of an atomic substance from pure light energy, which is the ultimate particle. Okay. How long does it take to create the ship? To, comp- to, comp- to complete? <laughs> to complete? 
to create the complete shell, no matter what the size, you have to have the, the harmonic interaction of the measurement of that circle. So however large you want the shape to be, you have to know that. It has to be perfectly in harmony. It takes, in Earth time, about 15 minutes to create and is created, not constructed from natural cosmic energy. So they're saying they don't build it, it occurs. You know, they just, they create the circumstances and this thing naturally occurs in space. Then when they take her to the surface of the planet to complete the interior in, in Earth time, it takes a few weeks. Weird. Are they armed? No. <laughs> after all those, and, after all those lengthy answers she's just i've not got a large no. wind no i do actually uh all they have is a deflecting ray as a form of protection oh, which will awesome. which will keep any hostile craft at bay and immobilize them the shield the shield effect completely protects her from bullets a missile or atomic bomb the magnetic field is so tremendous is it vulnerable then when it is at rest no, there is an automatic switch. The approach of any intrusion causes the field to come out on automatically. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, could you tell us something about the vintage mother ship? Yes, she is a vast carrier ship <laughs> with about 24 small landing craft. This is a South African woman, not an old English man. Well, <laughs> it, felt, it felt right. It felt good. Uh She's a vast carrier ship with about 24 small landing craft, each of which carry a crew of two people. So that's what he was in. Right, I He's see. He's in I one of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mothership hovers about 1,000 miles away in space and releases one of these landing craft to the surfaces of surface mm -hmm. of the planet. They accommodate at least 5,000 people, including women and children. They are completely self-contained with an abundance of everything. They grow their own food on the ship using their own means of irradiation. Sunlight is not necessary. This is Wally. Wally. <laughs> How do you view outside the ship? The ship is completely enclosed, but there are portholes which can be opened, and also inside there is a viewing lens which enables you to see outside in all directions. Wait, portholes can be opened? So That's what you do with a porthole in it. Right, but in space? Yeah, and they're like Not huge magnifying can... glasses. They could see through like anything. They could say you could see into but the cellar they... of buildings and reveal the finest details such as beads on a necklace worn by a person on the ground. And they're a thousand miles away in space. But they obviously say. breathe oxygen, so they I guess they can only open the portholes. I think there's a, I think there's certainly like a glass. It's not just they're opening it into all the of this of space. Is, I don't know stop. why I'm questioning any of it at this point. It's, it clearly happened. Mm. So the next question I'm gonna take over because are all of the crew from Maton is the name of their planet. Okay. Uh, and the answer to that is they are from the one civilization of seven planets. But they are preparing other planets for human habitation in the system of Vega. Vega is a young blue-white waxing star. Okay. And then right here, that's you. Uh, could you tell me how the people compare with humans on Earth? This is a big reveal. Yeah, this is I a need big to know. Here. I've been wanting to know this. They are human, but taller. Slendermans. Better looking. Oh, never mind. More considerate. Oh. And gentle. Oh my god. Not aggressive or violent. They dress and eat more simply and are still young at an age of 2,000 years of oh, Earth wow. time. Their star is not so violent. Our sun is a variable and produces rather, rather harsh radiation, which affects the skin, ages one, and can be dangerous. 
They wear simpler and less clothing made out of silk. The silk is beautiful and comfortable next to the skin. Everything is free, and you can pick out your own clothes at a silk farm. There is an abundance of everything. No money or barter system is necessary. Is this heaven? We don't the know. fuck? This sounds like heaven. Let's keep going. What the heck? Okay, next question. What was the planet itself like which you visited? It is similar in size to Earth, a little larger, covered with vast seas, and the lands are islands, not continents. The climate is beautiful, under control, and in fact is really a utopia. They have everything they want. There are not only thousands of years ahead technology from us, but also spiritually very advanced. Could you describe the social... Sure, sure, sure. Could you describe the social systems on Mayton? Well, of course, it's going to be perfect. There are no politics, law, or a monetary system. Oh. Medicine is scientific activity and not required for health since they are all in perfect health. Thinking is quite different from what people over here would understand. They are a loving, gentle, and constructive people. Everyone industriously does their work, which they like doing most. There is no need for law. There is no crime or police. Everyone is free and has a code of ethics. They constantly create beauty around them, and in general, there is complete harmony. Their homes are lovely. You can see from the inside out. The material is transparent one way. Regarding pets, they love their birds. In particular, there is a, a telepathic communication with them. Predatory animals are kept on a different planet. This is fucking weird, dude. Yeah, dude. Science fiction, bro. What about their educational system? Well, they don't have schools or university. Oh, wow. This, you know. Their education is completely visual, all done by what is called an electric mirage. They have a little file about three inches long, and they insert it into a niche in their home or the wall of a spaceship. A 3D screen fills the room. Uh, It's an advanced form of a holograph, as there are no books. So Princess Leia shows up into their house and teaches them science. This is before Star Wars. (laughs) I know. But yeah. Oh, that is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. George Lucas, you motherfucker. Uh, Motherfucker. They travel a great deal. The young children are taken around the galaxy so they can learn from experience. They can use the electric mirage to go back to a former time in their history. They could, for instance, view our planet at the time of dinosaurs. What? They have beautiful paintings and create lovely music. Harmonic music and is it's normally very uplifting spiritually, which relate to the harmonic music of the galaxy. They communicate by ways of telepathy and educational concepts can get transferred this way. They fucking black-eyed kids. They're capable of thinking <laughs> in terms of basic concepts not dependent on language. Ooh, I don't like that. They perceive the feelings behind words, and there is no problem in the learning of languages uh, such as any of those on Earth. They can just, like, instantly figure that shit out. Yes, super spooky. What shape was the mothership? She was more of a cigar shape. Oh. With blunt ends and angles depending on the light Okay, Enterprise. Mm Mm-hmm. From certain angles, she could look circular and maybe five miles in length. Oh. There are city ships containing everything needed. Trees, flowers, lakes, beautiful living quarters, and families are raised on these ships. Some spacecraft, uh, which land and are seen by people, are only holographs. 
This is part of the conditioning process, so Earthman will become used to the idea of the existence of extraterrestrials. Huh. Yeah, yeah. This is heavy. Oh, yeah, it's weird. And what is this system they have of harmonic mathematics? And are there any books explaining this? Yes, I have (laughs) books on it written by Professor William Connor from the United States. I have his treatise on harmonic mathematics, which explains the whole process. He's also done this with respect to my book, Beyond the Light Barrier. He has related the various figures, distance to maiden to earth, Akan's age, etc. to harmonic mathematics. It is all there. Yeah. Returning to the educational aspects, if there are no books, how is information imparted? It is done from mind to mind. Telepathy ship works. How she is using the power system of the universe, you have to understand the physics of the power system. The physical body could go on, but the mind could not. This knowledge was imparted to me by Akan. He just put his hand on my forehead and told me to relax and think and know exactly how the spaceship is utilizing the cosmic power to go from this system to the home system. That reminds me of, um, weirdly, reminds me of Underworld. Oh, yeah, I could see that. You know, when she, they drink the blood of the another the old vampire and they get, their, they get, their memories. And they get all the memories. Yeah, it's similar to that. His hand on my forehead enabled me to relax completely and understand how the ship was using the matrix of space to go through the ether. Um, you mentioned seven planets. What are the names of the others? They don't have names, just harmonic numbers. Oh, cool. Khan gave me the name Maton or Matan for identification purposes. How important how important is why am I saying that so I weird? have no idea. How important is time to them and how do they measure it? They do not measure time at all. What? Time varies too much in any case. With their triplet star system, they do not measure time as we do here. With night and day, since they have no night and day. When the smaller star Proxima sets, the other two rise, so there is never any night. Wow. So what are their sleeping patterns? They depend on sleep. It is a great health restorer in terms of Earth time. They would sleep nine hours. Oh hell yeah! I want nine hours of sleep. You get you get it most nights. You hey. might be one, you might be from this planet over hey. here. Hey, <laughs> I only got like five. Less on you. Less on. Oh, All right, what? Where are we at? Right here. Regarding their eating habits, what are their views on how to eat? Well, they don't cook. This is nuts, though. Yeah, this is all like just could be from her cabeza, I mean, or she could have spent nuts, a little though. time. Yeah, uh, they eat natural foods, vegetables, salads, etc. The only thing they heat using uh, electricity are certain oat cakes made cool. of fresh whole oats, like bread. They're fucking. They vegans. are only heated briefly to bind them together. They never use chemical fertilizers for growing food. It's just she's so in depth, like so. Yeah. This should be J.K. Rowling. Right. I mean, at the end, I feel like you're going to be like, this is imagined life, and this is J.K. Rowling. <laughs> and you are J.K. Rowling. Yeah, right. Uh, if you've never listened to Imagined Life, go listen to it. It's a great podcast. It's so good. Uh, what is their approach to health products? On Earth, there is a growing enlightenment in this direction. Well, they eat natural foods and know which contain the night the sorry (laughs) and know which contain the necessary ingredients for health it is necessary to balance the chemical processes in one's food for proper utilization by the body the important thing in growing natural foods blah 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 they never use chemicals or anything like that Mm -hmm. they simply pick 
put back into the soil what they take out. They revitalize the soil by means of electricity, which is what lightning does. It brings nitrogen into the soil, which is why lightning and thunderstorms are so important. Here, let me see. We did that simultaneously. 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 And scared our dog. Okay, next question. To get back to the mother ships or city ships, some cigar shaped and five miles long, uh, how were these constructed? Out in space? Constructed in space, yes, but we don't talk about construction. We say that they are created. They were created in the atmosphere of the planet. All the components were ferried up to her to be put together in space. This was done more than 65 million years ago. Ooh. It goes right back to the history of this solar system when Venus was alive. Wow, okay. Scientists of Venus in those days detected that the sun was a variable star, meaning it had an irregular frequency. So they prepared to move out into space, and they built they built vast motherships to ferry all the people and as much as possible of the flora and fauna away from the planet to the Earth, which was their nearest neighbor. Ooh. Okay. So they, they headed to Earth, which was the nearest neighbor. The scientists recognized the sun was a visible star with a maximum and minimum periods of sunspot cycles. I don't know what the fuck that means. They say that's still mm-hmm. happening to this day. But at certain epochs in time, it expands. Now the sun is expanding and contracting all the time. It is pulsating like a heart, but at certain epochs, it expands out more in intensified radiation. So this is what happened to Venus. What's epochs? Like, like times, like eras, like in certain ages or in certain times. Yeah. So this is what happened to Venus. And being closer to the sun, Venus dried up when the sun was expanding. And so it it burnt out Venus, where they were all originally, apparently, from. Which also is what destroyed the dinosaurs in this theory is that this sun expansion is what killed the dinosaurs uh which had dominated the earth were also destroyed okay thus the great civilization from venus which we call the mother planet was able to get away from venus and landed on earth and the moon as way stations there we have the beginning of the highly intelligent human life on this planet because we fathered we were fathered by men from outer space on the moon and on earth whoa and so she goes Wowzers. on. To, she goes on to say that we're not descended from apes, but from these people from Venus. So she doesn't. There's no God in her. It's the. It's and it's not. Yeah, yeah she says that we're in fact descended from Cro-Magnon, which is you know an advanced form of human being, uh, who created the great civilization of Atlantis, which we're hearing about again. Oh, yeah. Which I now know. Which of course was eventually destroyed. The civilization from Venus decided to leave Earth owing to the harsh nature nature of the variable sun and moved to the neighboring system, which was more conducive to their way of life and thinking. So they discovered Proxima Centauri, which was a smaller star than the sun and was much older and therefore much more stable. So that's when they moved into this area where they found Maton, which is that planet, uh, which is the home planet now. Uh, similar to Venus in atmospheric conditions like originally. So back in the day, they had bases on the moon, Mars, and Earth. The Venus people left a section a section of their civilization on Earth to look after the planet and advance mentally and consciousness of the indigenous people. So they, they said that they kind of established human civilization. They, they had an outpost on Mars. They had an outpost on the Earth and the moon. And then they also pieced out to a distant planet 
Okay. Okay. So th- th- these kind of questions, just they go on and on about the specifics of this, yeah, this interview here that you it goes I, on. I mean, I can just see on it's a long ass interview. Yeah. So there's a few other things that kind of happen, which are really interesting. Mm-hmm. There was um, around. So she also, while she was pregnant with his baby, she was still living on Earth. Okay, so she well, got pregnant with his kid. Says, yeah. And then he took her to the planet. That's where she learned all this stuff about their systems, about their society. She said right. she lived there for four months. Right. Gave birth to their kid, who they called oh, Ailing. So it only takes like four months to have a baby there? She, 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 she was five months pregnant when they left. Oh. Seemingly. She left but her kids. Nobody's, she, but there's nobody. But she no left her proof. kids. There, there is like a weird little thing that happened. The t- when he comes to pick her up. There is apparently a sighting over the area in South Africa by air traffic controllers that confirmed seeing a spaceship like wobbling in the airspace, and it became like national news in April. Well, that's crazy. Well, I was also that was also when she claimed to have gone with him. Okay. Yeah. Well, for me, I was more asking like she already had two kids. They stayed with her sister who died, who also had confirmed meeting a con and all of this stuff, but died before what? her body. Cause she wrote an autobiography well, about all of I this. I meant more like more or less like if it still takes nine months to have a baby, if you're five months, five months pregnant. Yes. Isn't there anybody who can be like, yeah, she, she did look. Five there isn't any pregnant. of that. That's where some of that, yeah, no, that, that, I mean, that's why, there I, you know, of, of obviously yeah. I'm going to ask that. She, so. so she went, she, she came to term on, on Maton or Matan or whatever with Akan and <laughs> then came back to earth and he had given her a ring so that they could always like psychic, like psychically communicate for the rest of their lives. Uh, like she came um, back to Santa Claus her. gave his son a magic globe to shake whenever he wanted to see Santa. Or any other ring reference. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't a ring. That was a oh, globe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she went on to write an autobiography. Wow. She, she went on to do all this stuff. And there were a lot of people that saw this sighting that she uses wow. as a, like a validation That's for intriguing. her stuff. Yeah. And as a side, she was one of the first people to like, because there's been a, a bucket of stories of people having like relationships with aliens. Yeah. She's like the first one. And she comes from like a really credible yeah. background. Yeah. And maintained it for her whole life that right. she was with this dude who had visited her her whole life and then whisked her off to his alien perfect utopia. They had a baby together. She came home to and raise the, her kids. And the and baby stayed with? Stayed with him to become an astrophysicist in deep space. A couple light years away. Yeah. And they, had, they just had such crazy evolved. I think what's Did just she interesting. See him again? Like this interview goes on. Did like, she see him I mean, again after they had the baby? Yeah, but I couldn't find much about that actually. Um, like, was he still like she, as the, at the point of the interview where she's still claiming that she he she was still, still coming communicating visit her? with him? Yeah, this is like this reminds me of so many different movies, like right. Star Lord. I, I would guarantee it's an inspiration for this a is lot. Like you Star Lord know? from yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, the movie Paul. Yeah, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, except that he their aliens were like tall and beautiful humans and had a well, hand so in human. Is, di- um, Fucking in Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. um, it was fucking what's his face. Well, he was a living planet. He could he could be whatever he wanted to be. He was ego. But they could too. They could maybe be too. Yeah, not at all in this. They were just people. Okay, they wait, were humans. wait. Who 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 plays um, Star Lord's dad in 
um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, yeah. So he was beautiful and tall and got her pregnant. Correct. She just, he just stayed on Earth with Star-Lord. Just saying. Reminding yep. me of it. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of really there's a lot of that to it, yeah. I mean, who's to say that some of those things didn't inspire come from that? The, yeah, yeah for were sure. inspired by this story. For sure, yeah. And I mean it goes on and on, like they talk about uh soulmates and how like people and that, that she had like the reason that Akan was able to find her and stuff is because she had like the genetic memory of the venusians so she still had like that that's how he found her in space was like i'm thousands of years old but on earth you mean that's how he found her yeah uh is that like he was connected to her spiritually okay and that's why he came to find her okay and and that's why she saw him his whole life was like he was protecting her until she was like grown up her whole life her whole life and And she never married anybody else she never uh, got was married three times actually whoa but she was she was never married after she seemingly met him when she's like in her but no she said she met him when she was she she met him oh she saw the the spaceship yeah she didn't meet him until she was like out of her in her her like she was married three times she was first married to like a captain in the air force and then another dude and then i'm not so two people yeah to my wow I had two kids, and then two I was. Kids I'm plus, curious, I would be curious to know what her kids say. Yeah, same. You, she died, so she died of cancer in 1994. Old. She was born in 1910, yeah. so she was super old. Yeah, she would have been 86, right? 84. Yeah, 80, 84. Didn't you say 1994? Yeah, she was born in 1910. So yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's that's what I got. That's that's kind of the story. And she wrote a book. She wrote an autobiography. She was involved. What's that in, called? Beyond the barriers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was. You said it. You yeah. said it. And you said you wrote another one too, right? Yeah, but I don't think it was ever published. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I wonder how old our kids are now. Like, I didn't like see that, anything about that it or would be any a kind great of thing. Doctor yeah. Phil episode. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I bet. <laughs> no, you know what I mean. Like when mm-hmm. they have like. Well, David apparently like came on some of like because she would travel back to try to like she would say when she felt him she would go back. Yeah. Well, and that's another thing. And he I, would go with her. Well, yeah. I'm saying that's another question I have is like. When she's like, quote unquote, were was like on this ship for so long. Her sister watched the kids. And I know, the, but and I her wonder... sister also owned the farm where she would always run into him. It was her parents' farm and her sister. Knew yeah. Him. I just wonder if like the kids were like, yo, yeah, mom was on the, you know, like I wonder what they told him, if they told him or if they knew or like what, you know what I mean? That's, yeah, I don't know. There's like another, another piece curious to Curious yeah. little. Pretty deep, right? That shit is bonkers. Just how much content she had to it. And yeah. I don't even like. I know I give, like, I shit on a lot of the conspiracy stuff, but, like... Correct. I'm not shitting on this. Yeah, right? I don't know. It's pretty interesting. Because it was so long ago. Yeah. You know, she was educated and smart, and... I want to read that book. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be... That's cool. Yeah. Wow. That was wild. There we go. There it is. A little bit unexpected. So that was the story of... Yeah. What's her name? Her name was Elizabeth Clare. Okay, so that was the story of Elizabeth Clare? Yes. And Wild. her And her interaction with her alien lover, Akon, from another galaxy. I literally can only think of Star Trek. Yeah. Because it does kind of sound like Khan. Yeah. Khan and yeah. the way she described the ship. And... Yeah. And it's kind of pretty... You, know, you I mean, do you, girl. Yeah. Do you. Get it. Do you. Boom. Ready for yours? You ready for mine? We'll see. Well, that was really cool. Um, Thanks, man. And I think my story is going to be 
just as long and as complex as yours. As long and arduous as my interview with a crazy <laughs> old lady who bangs alien. An alien. We're going to go ahead and just split this up. Cut this bad boy in two. Because um, we're both talking a lot yeah. on this one. And we don't want you to have to sit through, like, two hours of our Plus, it's gonna nonsense. Plus, it's going to be a bucket to edit, too. So we want to make sure there's we can at least put something out. So. And it's a lot to comprehend. Yeah. I, and I will concede that, that some of the, the parts of that interview are a little bit convoluted. But the depth and the detail that she went it's into. It's still something yeah. that's, like, out there and interesting and well, something I hope, that I, I had so. never heard I about. I like it now. And I just find it to be so insane. Bonkers. Uh, I've since seen a, 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 Vi- a Vice article. Whoa. Uh, 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 a Vice article about a man who paints the portraits of himself having sex with the aliens he alleges to have had sex with. So maybe we'll touch on that soon. It's like a what? Dude. It's like a dude. I think he's Australian. Not Australian. He's, is he Australian as well? Maybe. But he paints pictures of, this, of, the, of, the, of the gray alien ladies that he has sex with. And right. has had, he's like a, had a torrid love affair for years and years. It's a whole other okay. thing. All right. Well, I figure we close on that off this note, first part. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I hope you guys liked the first half. Thank you guys so much, man. We'll see you. Uh, we'll see you real soon for part two. We won't see you because this is an audio thing. But well, you'll hear us. Thanks for listening. You'll hear from us soon. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.